0: It's hurricane season. Flood insurance can help you avoid paying out-of-pocket for costly damage. It's time to trust your instincts. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit FloodSmart.gov.
1: All right. We're almost there, people. We are almost there. Margie O oh, looking lovely tonight. How are you? Uh, D. Cohen, you're looking lovely as well. Good to see you, and uh, how you doing, my man? All right, we are approximately 30 seconds away from blasting off tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Lon Strickler from com, and we love it when he's here. The Super Chat is open. It is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So uh, let's see who will be the first one to kick it off tonight. And, of course, the store. The SOR shop is open as well. You go get your spaced out radio swag right there and uh, have a good one. We're going to get things going here in like four seconds, everyone. Four seconds. So do me the favor, horns up. Let's rock. central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave Scott sitting in the captain's chair of SOR Headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Revolution Radio, Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old baby the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio, show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website spaced out we have a plethora of features for you rock out to bumblefoot read shirky poos newswire check out our swag as well tonight's show it's brought to you by chive charities help make the world 10 percent happier by visiting chive charities today you can find them on our website, we got a fantastic show for you tonight. We are talking monsters all night long as Strange Days returns with Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com. Then in hour number three, we are going to visit the swamp. Swamp Dweller has another spooky story for us. And, of course, the fedora-wearing John Hudson is back with the cryptid, or make that the UFO report. shirky Pooh has the news. Lon Strickler is one of the most fascinating people when it comes to monsters and research. He is a 14 researcher, author, and publisher of com. He began the blog in 2005. It's steadily grown in popularity and literally gets tens of thousands of hits each week on his website because people are addicted to monsters. Hard to believe. He's been on many television shows. He is also A very, very good friend of this show. You can find any of his books on Amazon.com. Lon Strickler, it is always a pleasure to have you here on Spaced Out Radio. We missed you the last couple of months because I was traveling, and you're probably like, man, he gets me to do this. Strange days, filling in for Butch Wachowski, and then he doesn't show for two months. What the hell
2: is this about? Yeah, you jacked me for two months, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> My friend, it is so good to have you back. And uh, I always <laughs> love speaking with you because it's always an absolute pleasure to to have you here. And, and, you know, what have you been up to the last three months? Have you been busy? <gasps> yeah,
2: it's been busy. Uh, we've been getting a lot of reports, a lot of different things. Uh, things picked up around... O'Hara International again with the winged humanoids, and uh, it's um, it's getting a little different than what it was, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's continuing on. Uh, it's a never-ending uh, saga, I guess, if you want to call it that. Do you ever get bored with this? Nah, nah. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, if I didn't like it and I got tired of it, I'd stop doing it. But, uh, no, I uh, i guess it keeps me going. Uh, you know, every day I'm on that blog and posting stuff and taking phone calls from folks and reading emails and looking into reports and giving them out to the guys and gals on the team. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. I, honestly, it, it's bigger than I thought it would ever get, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I like it.
1: i got to ask you, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time now, a better part of 20 years. years—and 40 years. Or 40 years, pardon me. You know, I mean, you have heard so many stories over the years. You have heard so much about the phenomena in general, and... Mm-hmm. You know, how do you go about deciphering the reality of what is truly going on on this planet?
2: You know, that's kind of a hard one to answer. But it, it, there's always something going on. I mean, you know, it, it you know it, it never gets it never gets boring. Um, you know, when it, sometimes I'll I'll be getting reports that are very similar in nature and uh in description and i'm thinking well maybe i'm at the end here maybe there's nothing new in the crypto world but something else always pops up and uh yeah you know but um uh, you know we stick with the old cases and, and and uh keep adding on to them and uh just hope pe- people trust us enough to um uh, to confide in us and what they've experienced and uh, contact us.
1: Have you ever found any patterns to these sightings and, and monsters, whether it's the winged humanoids, whether it's these dogmen, whether it's Sasquatch or aliens, have you ever noticed any patterns over the years that have really stuck out for you? <sighs>
2: well, I, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess not really. Um, you know every every phenomena has does have uh, similarities, but um, uh, you know the the one thing about cryptid investigations and uh, monsters or what you want to call them, um, there's always some kind of connection, either between other cryptids or with uh, other phenomena, UFOs, hauntings, you know. Um, and I for me, that's probably the most interesting part of it. You know, you'll get involved with a with a certain incident or case and start digging into it and going deeper and deeper with the the client and then something else comes up uh, that they didn't tell us about because they didn't think it really mattered. and uh, that's usually. Very important, a very important part of the case itself, um, and we come up with that a lot. That does happen a lot. Goodness, goodness!
1: For you, as you continue to to roll down this road of of trying to find the monsters and and trying to track down what's going on, have you ever come closer to any sort of answer? Uh, or are you still as confused and perplexed as you were 40 years ago when you started?
2: Now, I, no, no, I, I think we're starting to get a better idea of what things what things are, how things are developing. Um, you know, of course, back then, let's just say Bigfoot, for instance. I had my encounter in '81. Uh, the first thing, and the thing you thought I thought about for years and years was, well, this is a, a, an actual being. It's that's. that's Part of our, our earth plane, something that lives in the woods that's very hard to find, and uh, but you know as time goes on, you start looking in deeper to the phenomena. Uh, it, it becomes more apparent that there's more to it, and when I say that, I you know uh, I think cryptids in general are, have definite supernatural aspects to them. And, uh, that's something that many people that do these investigations are willing at this point to open up about or to keep an open mind. But, um, I believe that, uh, that may eventually be the answer by us continuing to watch and to learn from the witnesses and, um, Maybe we'll get some answers. Uh, But I'll be honest with you, I don't think being a cryptid hunter is is ever going to be a moot point. Uh, There's always something going to pop its ugly head.
1: A lot of what is being speculated now, especially after the U.S. congressional hearings and even before that, Lon, Mm -hmm. is that somehow the phenomena is all connected. And I know you and I have had that discussion in the past, and we, we believe that it is one way or another, at least I do, I mean, Mm -hmm. for for you, seeing what's going on with the UFO talks that have been going on recently and all the news coming out about that, does that give you hope and promise that one day we might be able to solve some of these cryptid creatures?
2: Maybe. Um, You know, uh, it's been tough enough to get them open about UFOs. Uh, as far as Bigfoot and other cryptids and other phenomena, well, that's a di- maybe a different story. I I have no doubt that they have knowledge of this stuff, and in fact, you know, I saw that forty years ago with my encounter that they do have knowledge of this. And with other uh, with other encounters that people have experienced and talked to me about, in the meantime, uh, yeah, I, I I think they I think the government. Military or whatever do have some um, some pretty decent knowledge of these cryptids as well. So um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure those things that are just not telling us, and uh, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, we're going to um, we're going to for the most part going to have to figure it out on our own. Uh, but I think we're getting there, uh, and I, I'm I'm hopeful that we will start getting more answers as time goes on.
1: I gotta ask you this though, because I really trust your opinion on this. And that is I understand why the government would completely cover up aliens UFOs, especially if they have crash retrievals. I have a mm. very difficult time understanding Lon why they would look at covering up cryptids such as Dogman or the Easter bunny or or gnomes or or whatever it may be.
2: Yeah. Well, there's got to be a reason behind it. Uh, I'm quite sure there's a financial reason behind it for the most part. Uh, When you start acknowledging, let's say you start acknowledging that there is actually a Bigfoot, well, then you're going to have people that are going to want certain parts of the country set aside for their habitat, and that's going to cost money. And, uh, I, I think that's, you know, that might be one reason, but, um, you know, other than that, I don't know. I mean, it, this is a question that we've been pondering for a long time now. I mean, even when I had my encounter and, and all these, these feds and locals show up and you, you got to wonder well, what the hell, but, you know, are they looking at all this for? But. Honestly, I mean, there have been so many other cases where they've been involved with it. Uh, I mean, there have been times when I've looked into cases and I get that knock on the door. And, uh, or somebody shows up and says, we're from here, here, and here, and we'd like for you to back off. That does happen. So they do have, they do have an interest.
1: Okay, I've never heard that before from you. Oh boy! You, that you okay. have, you've you got you opened up a can of worms with me right there, my friend.
2: Yeah. Well, there have been three times when I've been approached by other agencies, uh, NSA mostly, but um, uh, the one time was uh, <laughs> I happened to stumble upon a. Um, an abandoned nuclear weapon tunnel that wasn't really known, uh, not too far from where I used to live at, and um, I started making some inquiries about it. Uh, and uh, I had a I had somebody come to my door, and they flashed a badge. It was uh, it was NSA, and they said, ah, "You know, just we just don't want you." To talk about it anymore, I said no problem. You know, you know, I was just making inquiries. But I think the worst. When I had another one too, because there was a gentleman in, in Pennsylvania who was who swore to God that he had the government was on his property and was videotaping him and getting into his house, and he had been contacting um, his local congressman and uh, in his district and some other folks in the federal government. And I think they got tired of it, and uh, they, they told the powers that be about it, and they found out that I was writing a bit about what he was telling me he was experiencing, and I got another knock on the door. I mean, they were always polite about it. They never said anything about You know, they never threatened me. Uh, it was always that, well, you know, we'd like for you to stop, and I did, you know, I you know, I I we well, fine, you know, I'm not going to get myself into buying for this guy, but the last one, (laughs) the last one was, uh, a little different, and this this was something to do with another individual who was, um, who was thinking the government was spying on him, and, uh, in fact, Butch got involved with this case with me as well, and, uh, Anyway, they didn't contact me. At home. I was uh, I was at my doctor's office, and I'm back. I go back into the uh, the examination room. I'm sitting there, and there's a knock at the door. of the examination room the nurse walks in. She said, "Mr. Strickler, are two people out here to like to talk to you. They ca- I can't bring them back, but you got to go out front in the waiting room." Okay. So I got up and walked out in the waiting room, and it's full of people in there. And there's this guy, man and woman, in you know one suit, one in a dark dress. And in front of everybody, they pull out the badges and Mr. Stricker, National Security Administration. Uh, we have an office secured across the hall. We'd like to have a talk with you. Oh my! You know, I'm thinking myself, Oh Christ, and what's this all about? So uh, we Ooh. did. Uh, we went out out the door, across the hall, into this conference room, and they asked me. Uh, they asked me about this guy and uh, some of the some of the things he had been saying. Uh, some of the th- they knew I was invest. I wasn't writing about anything, but they knew I was investigating some of the incidents that he was telling me about. I was making some doing some research and making some inquiries, and. Uh, the, it was very nice about it again. Uh, the, the your government would like you to back off on this. Uh, we're not threatening you, but you know we we appreciate you staying away from all of this. Uh, okay, fine. So that's about words. That's the extent of it. But no, there's been three occasions. You know,
1: I i have always, and I and I shouldn't be. But I'm always so jealous by people like you who've had these encounters with with this because I haven't. I have done literally almost seventeen hundred shows, man, in the last <laughs> seven years, and I yeah. haven't got one knock on the door, not one phone call, you know, and, and here I'm thinking, Man, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough.
2: Well, I guess the mounties don't really care up there where you're <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the thing is, uh, but you know, I, I'm, my proximity to DC is pretty is very close, and uh, maybe that's the reason why. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've I've had three times, and uh, you know, I think. Well, since I moved to Pennsylvania, I haven't had any any incidents happen. But uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get involved with something. Somebody will just want me to keep quiet sometime.
1: Yeah, I I want some men in black. I want some of this, you know. And I've talked I've talked to enough RCMP officers around here. They know what I do, you know. They know I have a studio in my house. They know that I have, you know. I I'm I'm very much into the woo, and that you know. Hey, I'm always open for a story. I've even offered you guys got got to uh, get any of those haunting calls or or alien calls. I said, give me a call. I'm right there to help you out, right? You got Bigfoot, I'm there. You got Dogman, I'm there. Sure, they roll their eyes at me, but I mean, it. You got to keep that door open because just one day they may call and say, "Hey, we need some advice here."
2: Yeah, you know, Butch kind of kidded me about there for a while with that last one when he found that they came to my doctor's office, but um, you know, and I told him, I, I said, "Well, what do you think I'll do?" He said, huh, "Back off." the bail money for federal is too high. I don't, I can't help you out there. So just back off on it.
1: <laughs> uh, Lon Strickler is here on space. out radio with strange days. We got four minutes to go before we got to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Va- uh, Lon, is there a story that you wouldn't back off if you were told?
2: Hmm. Probably. Um, uh you know when it's when it's something to do with an actual what I believe is a, an actual cryptid or something like that I, I probably wouldn't uh, but I doubt they're going to even go that far over a cryptid case when you're talking about something to do with a government agency or possibly some government interference or somebody watching yeah they probably will but I'll be honest with you I, I as far as with ufo case or a cryptic case i don't think the i don't think they'd really get involved but if they do um you know if they would say they would well i had to weigh i have to weigh my odds but uh, if it's if it's something to where i believe that it really needs to be investigated uh i probably won't back off
1: okay i know you're passionate about this chicago mothman if all of a sudden the feds came in and said, "Look, Lon, you're going, you're getting way too close, you're getting way too deep. I don't know how they approach you on this. You know, mm-hmm. we need you to stop on this. We need you to piss off. We need you to go away on this subject. And by the way, erase everything that you have learned about this. I, I, I really don't know how how they." do this kind of stuff so please forgive me if i'm sounding a little over romantic about it but would you give up
2: i doubt it it's just too much work involved and you know myself and the two other gentlemen have been working pretty hard on this now
3: if you look around there are so many ways to make a difference at capella university our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree take courses at your speed move on whenever you're ready Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu.
4: Going on vacation is the best, but planning a vacation? That you can certainly do without. So book a trip with Apple Vacations to breathless resorts and spas. Whether you're looking for an all-inclusive couples retreat to the Caribbean or a family vacation, you can count on us to find a trip you and your family will love. Apple Vacations has over 50 years of providing stress-free vacations so you can relax and make memories. Visit AppleVacations.com to plan your perfect vacation today. That's AppleVacations.com
2: extensively since 2017 and a little little bit before so uh, this is a phenomenon we and I, I don't think we're really getting to a point where that you know that may actually happen but you never know you're right uh I doubt it I doubt it I think I'd kind of draw the line there would you
1: go to jail for it possibly Wow possibly I got a good lawyer See, I, and I've always taken the approach that if somebody from the Canadian government ever came to me and said, Hey, Dave, you know, we know what you're doing down in that basement in the middle of nowhere in British Columbia, we need you to stop. Uh, my first question would be, How much? I mean, hey, yeah. if it pays my mortgage, I have no problem. No <laughs> problem. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, if they, uh, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse, maybe I would. I don't know. You know? Uh, who, knows? who
1: knows? You know, I mean, I can honestly say, I mean, in a month or two from now, there might be a new podcast with a guy named Dude Scottens or something like that, right? <laughs> right? I, I don't know. I mean, that may happen. It may not. But, yeah. I mean, for the most part, I can tell you this. Maybe that's the reason why they haven't come after me is they know I can be
2: bought. Well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe.
1: I don't know. I don't know. We (laughs) we got like 45 seconds, Lon. And, you know, we haven't talked to you in a few months, but there has been a whole lot of new sightings regarding the Chicago Mothman. And when we return for the break, I want to get into that. I want to... I want to make sure that you know, we got some time to go into full detail because if anybody is passionate and knowledgeable about this Chicago Mothman sightings that are going on, it's you. And then when we come back from the break at the top of the hour, these weird alien reports you've been getting too. I want to get into that as well, Lon, if you don't mind. Sure. Wonderful, wonderful. He's a man of many words, Lon Strickler, one of the baddest beards, In cryptozoology, he's from the beautiful state of Pennsylvania. You can check out all of his work and his stories and reports at phantomsandmonsters.com. That's where I go to get updated on the latest monster tales and stories and legends that people like you are reporting to him. phantomsandmonsters.com. You can also find all of Lon's books on Amazon. Spaced Out Radio Strange Days with Lon Strickler continues right after this. All right, we're clear. Yeah. That was a fast one.
0: Very yeah. nice.
1: Very nice. So it was for dinner tonight.
2: Ah, uh, we grilled some hamburgers. That's about it. Oh, nice, nice.
1: That sounds good.
2: Yeah, it was kind of, kind of quiet around here.
1: I'm gonna get my barbecue going. That sounds good. That sounds really good, homemade hamburgers Lon is from uh, Pennsylvania his beard though says French Canadian (laughs) don't ask me where that came from I had a question if you were from US or Canada
2: did live in Canada for six months.
1: Oh, whereabouts? Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Did you become a Tiger Cat fan while you were there?
2: You know what? I had always watched the Tiger Cats for years, even in the States. And the the place I was staying was right across the street from the stadium. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a park there, then there's the stadiums right there, too. Old yeah.
1: Ivor Wind Stadium back in the day.
2: Yeah yeah it had the uh, it, it had the astroturf and everything on it.
1: Did their astroturf have the bubble in the middle?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I know it was a nice stadium. though. It wasn't real big, but it was nice.
1: I, I'd never been there. The only other uh, CFL stadium that I've ever been to is Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was at the... Uh, well, I, I went to see the Argonauts play one time up in Montreal. I guess that was the Expo. Or what do they call that back then? Yeah,
1: Olympic Stadium.
2: The Olympic Stadium, yeah. And uh, when... Uh, when we had the uh, the CFL team here in Baltimore, where when I was living down in Baltimore, yeah, we went to a couple games up there. Christ, I went to a game up in Winnipeg. I looked up, I I've never been so damn cold as I was that day. No Jeez. kidding!
1: No Christ. kidding, man.
2: Oh my God, was it cold up there?
1: Oh yeah, Winnipeg only has two seasons: mosquito season and cold. That's it. <laughs> That's I know a few it. people live up there, and uh, they kind of say the
2: same thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, a fly swatter will do you no good in Winnipeg. You have to carry around a tennis
2: racket, literally. Well, i tell you what. I I used to go steelhead fishing a lot up in Canada. Yeah. Years back in the seventies late 70s, and we went up to James Bay. Oh, Christ. Was just on the edge of Algonquin.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, it was in the middle, I think it was the end of July. We had to wear netting. Oh. I mean, the mosquitoes were just unbelievable. They were, you know, they were like planes coming in. So, uh, you yeah, have, I don't think I've ever seen mosquitoes that big.
1: You would have loved this river I used to fish, man, called the Vetter River. Mm-hmm. Uh, just about an hour and a half east of Vancouver. And oh, really? And uh, I'll tell you, Lawn During the hot season, when the when the uh, salmon started running, I'd be out. Mm-hmm. There, I'd be out there uh, five to seven times a week. Oh, mm-hmm. I bet. And um, the, uh, my biggest out of that river was forty seven pounds. Wow! Uh, and I caught that on a seventeen pound test line with a fifteen. 15- was a steelhead? No, a spring or chinook. Chinook. Yeah. And, uh, I helped a guy a, a few years ago, one of my last, oh jeez, it was probably eight years ago now, nine years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I helped him land a 62 pounder. Jeez. I, he brought that up on shore, dude. And I jumped on it for him. I jumped on it. I was, I was following the fish in, uh, with him to grab the tail and then lift the tail up because it kind of paralyzes the fish. And then then I jumped on it, it was like, holy cow. Uh, Big thank you to Phil and Dry Toast for the Super Chats. It's a great way to support what we do on this show, High Stakes in a Plane or in a UFO. Indrid Cold, good to have you back where it's warm. And uh, here we go, everyone. second half hour of spaced out radio is now underway good to have you with us my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears i want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davey the favor hit that subscribe button our website is spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram, at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok, at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with Strange Days from phantomsandmonsters.com. Lon Strickler is here. We are going to get into his specialty, the Chicago Mothman sightings. You can find all of Lon's books at... Amazon.com, highly recommend it for your cryptid library. Lon, welcome back.
2: Thanks for having me, Dave.
1: All right. You've been gone for three months from this show. How's the sightings for these cryptids in Chicago going?
2: We had a few. Um, I think we probably had seven or eight new sightings all around the airport, but more specifically, uh, there's a suburb of uh, the airport, Named Bensonville, and um, it's on the southwest edge of the airport, and um, it's actually about a half a mile from that cargo area on the west, the west north uh, southwest side, where the actual cemetery is, where I talk about it all the time, where we've had a lot of sightings, and um, what we've been getting. And uh, and actually, it started with a truck driver who was um, and all these sightings have been within like a month or a month and a half now. So he was uh, he was dropping off some a man lift piece of equipment at a const- that he took from a construction site back to his company uh, his lot. And when he got in the lot, he um, he thought he heard something, and they had, a, had some trailers in the back of this lot, and when he started walking back there with a flashlight, he started hearing this clicking, then chirping sound, and uh, he didn't know what the hell he was dealing with, so he started flashing around, and when he looked on top of the trailer, this thing was standing up there, and it was red-eyed, it's the first thing he saw the red eyes, it was chirping, it had the uh, typical bat wings that most of the sightings have seen about a twelve, twelve foot span. Uh it stood seven to six to seven foot in height, dark in color. Uh now most of the, the other sightings we have talked about have been somewhat emaciated looking. I think this one from what the way he stated was a bit chunkier than the other ones were. But it was still a pretty good pretty good size beam. And, uh, he started yelling at it and to get down, he was going to call the cops, this and that. And, uh, it, it eventually took off and, uh, flew across the, the way over across the street. And, uh, that same night about, well, I'd say about six or seven blocks later around the same time, this thing was seen again by a, uh, by a couple who just happened to see it flying over, and they, they noticed the red eyes on it. So um, that was the same night we had two sightings of the same thing. Then later on, this thing showed up. Uh, at a, a man and a woman were at the uh, near the Conestoga Elementary School in Bensonville, and they uh, they were at night. They were walking through the the playground. And they started hearing this chirping sound. And uh, they saw this thing on, standing on top of the, the school itself. And they, they watched it, and it had the red eyes, same description. It jumped off and then took flight. So um, a couple of weeks, now this was like a week and a half after the first sighting. So a little bit later, we got another sighting from... Uh, from a man and his daughter in Bensonville, uh, a daytime sighting, and uh, I, I did send you the um, I did send you the the images of some type of unidentified aerial phenomena, and it was three of them up there, and it was actually if you it would have been kind of over the airport at that point, and uh, they took some snapshots of it, but in the in the photograph they look oval. But they swore to us that they they definitely were winged beings. So there were three of them they saw.
1: I got it up on the screen here for our YouTube audience there. So, for our radio audience, explain what we're seeing here.
2: Well, these are the three, these are two of the pictures, and then there's another one, two of these supposedly winged beings that were uh, gliding and flying over the southwest section of O'Hara International, and uh, part of Bensonville and O'Hara International, and uh, and it's unusual for us to get a daytime sighting. So, uh, and then the description of the the first witness uh, led to this sketch by Vincent Richardson, who's on our team. And uh, this is how they described this. This is how the witness described the being.
1: I mean, that seems prototypical of what has been seen since the 1960s. The red eyes, the pointed ears, the arms protruding from the wings, the, uh, the hawk-like legs and feet, you know. I mean, and standing, what you say, between six and eight feet tall?
2: And six and seven foot. Yeah, I mean, as op- as opposed to the uh, the mount, um, the Point Pleasant sighting. Uh, well, th- those are more of an insectoid, with insectoid-like moth-like wings, with uh, a head that was embedded in the body, basically the upper part of the body, and uh, arms and legs. Um, these sightings, for the most part, have been the the membrane wings, like that of a uh, of a bat. Or gargoyle, or you know, a lot of these sightings have been very similar in description of like a gargoyle. Uh, We've had other descriptions as well. Uh, Some have been described as looking more owl like with owl like wings, and uh, sometimes have red eyes, sometimes they don't. And then others we've had described as looking like the Jeepers Creepers. creature in the movies. So uh we've had a bunch of different descriptions. But um I I I'm, I'm pretty sure oh, I'm quite sure we're we're talking about a series of that are different beings. I mean, um uh, how many of there are all together, we really don't know. I, I think I think it's safe to say we've got at least at least 10 or so altogether from the very beginning of this phenomenon.
1: Now when people are seeing these creatures, how long are they actually seeing them for? Is it a split second? Is it sometimes minutes? Extended minutes? It's
2: usually seconds. Very fleeting sightings. Um, you know, the interesting the interesting aspect of these sightings is it seems that these beings are visible to specific people now. Is it are these people that it's picking out to be seen by, or are some people susceptible to being able to see it? We've had instances where there've been crowds where only one or two or three people see it, and others don't. Um, so I mean that that's that's another aspect of this that we just really haven't been able to figure out. Uh, I, I, think they do have some, uh, some abilities to change the way they look, uh, maybe cloaking, uh, but, you know, we've, you know, we have had, in we've talked about this before, we have had some cursory contact with these beings through our group, uh, they, they purported to be, uh, an interdimensional being, uh, an ultra-terrestrial, not an alien or an extraterrestrial. Uh, they pr- reside on a uh, a linear dimension to our Earth plane. Uh, we have several people on our team who have uh, that have psychic abilities, intuitive abilities that have had contact with these beings. Uh, and we're learning a little here and a little there, but as time goes on, and, I mean, we keep being promised that we will eventually f- learn more. I-, I believe we will learn more, but at this point right now, it's, you know, it's like baby steps, and I think we got to be a bit careful about what information we, we get and put out to the public. Uh, when, it fir- when we first started having contact, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, and I'll admit to that, And uh, started putting more information out there than we should have. And it led to some issues with people uh, trying to make communication or contact these beings and trying to bind them. And that turned out to be a, a, a problem. And when that did happen, they backed off a bit. And, um, uh, but we we've been in communication with them. Uh, they haven't really initiated communication. Our team members have, but, uh, you know, I, I believe it's a real phenomenon. I, I believe that these beings have actually made contact with our, with our team and, um, uh, you know, and, 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 the, the proof behind that, I believe is there have been instances where, uh they've been contacted by the same being while they're in different parts of the country at the same time. And, you know, I find out right away one has had an an encounter, has had had some type of communication with it, and someone else has had the same thing. So um, they do have supernatural abilities, and uh, I think they're interdimensional beings, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I think ultra-terrestrials is a good name for a lot of the cryptids that we do have. Uh, I, I think, you know, you know how I feel about cryptids in general, that they may very well be interdimensional for the most part. And uh, I believe they are ultra
1: you know, uh, we also heard during the congressional hearings, Representative Gallagher mentioned ultra-terrestrials, which was mm-hmm. the first time as well. I mean, I know Alan Greenfield in his secret cipher, the UFO knots has me- really pushed the ultra-terrestrial phenomena because it does represent every type of uh, E.T. or U.T., whatever you want to call it, that mm-hmm. is out there from those inner Earth to those who are on different planes, maybe different dimensions, and so on and so forth. Do you think that that is something that that th- these would fall under? Oh, well, obviously you do, but where do you think they're coming from then as an extraterrestrial?
2: I think they're coming from either a dimension that's close to ours, or if you're talking about some species...
4: Going on vacation is the best, but planning a vacation? That you can certainly do without. So book a trip with Apple Vacations to breathless resorts and spas. Whether you're looking for an all-inclusive couples retreat to the Caribbean or a family vacation, you can count on us to find a trip you and your family will love. Apple Vacations has over 50 years of providing stress-free vacations so you can relax and make memories. Visit applevacations.com to plan your perfect vacation today. That's applevacations.com
0: it's another hurricane season and right about now residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage this year they're preparing with flood insurance they've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs you too should trust your instincts this season get flood insurance and protect the life you've built visit floodsmart.gov
2: like species—they uh, may very well come from a an alternate reality, or or from a maybe another universe. Um, I, you know, people talk about the UFO phenomena and equate it to extraterrestrials uh, most of the time, and I don't necessarily believe that a majority of the incidents are UFO-related or from beings that travel interstellar space to come here. Uh, I think a lot of this travel is done through uh, wormholes or some type of uh, passageway, uh, kind of bending light and time. And, um, you know, I think Einstein was right with the strength theory and um, uh, this possibility of of bending time. And uh, being able to being able to move between different worlds or different realities or different even different universes. So um, you know, I think as and I've said before, I think as we start becoming more mainstream with quantum computing, and it is it's becoming more and more mainstream where people are starting to to use it. And becomes more affordable, I think we're going to start getting more and more answers as well.
1: Lon, you said something a little bit earlier regarding the fact, and, and I find this very interesting, regarding the idea that a lot of people will have these sightings mm-hmm. in a group aspect, yet a third of the group, half the group, or more, will not see a thing. Yet, yeah, Yet, all of a sudden, here we are with people getting sightings. How do you think this is possible?
2: I don't know. I mean, I I can't really give a definitive answer on that. But I I believe that they do have the ability to cloak themselves from certain individuals. Uh, Or maybe it's something that's built into the human psyche. I mean, you know, uh, you know kids are. They're open to everything before they're their minds are corrupted, that they're not supposed to see something. Uh, but they do see something. Maybe maybe a lot of humans are like that as well, or adults. Uh, it's, it's so fantastical that their mind just doesn't register it as being an actual being. Uh, I believe that's entirely possible.
1: Hmm. So do you think, then, that this creature is maybe calling certain people because we see this not only with with the mothman we see it with ufos and aliens we've seen it with bigfoot seen it with Mm -hmm. dogman i mean this seems to be a capability that everything a part of the phenomena has the ability to do is call certain people or show certain people where to you and me it may be that there is a ufo hovering 200 feet above us but to the other eight people who are with us, they're going on their daily lives like nothing's even up there.
5: Yeah,
2: I, I think they are discriminate um, you know, as far as who gets to see or who gets the experience. Uh maybe to the human's chagrin to it, but <laughs> they uh I, I think there is. I think they're pretty picky about who they, they select. Um you know, you, of course with like alien abductions or alien encounters, there's this theory, and it's it's kind of panned out where people in one family generationally have these type of encounters. Uh, so maybe there's something in their DNA or something in, in you know, their physical makeup that is of interest to them. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's very possible even with cryptids. And, um, I, you know, I I wouldn't have thought that from the very beginning when we started getting these reports in Chicago, but as time's going on, and as people have described what they're seeing, and then other people being around and not noticing what's going on, um, I think there's something. I think there's something to this.
1: I want to ask you in regards to uh, you made another comment that one of the witnesses recently. In this entire uh, Mothman saga that's going on, actually heard clicking noises or some sort of voice of this creature, mm-hmm. sound from this creature. Maybe it was gas. Maybe it was actually from its beak. We don't know. I mean, tell yeah. me about this.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is a new aspect to the phenomena that we hadn't experienced before. Uh, you know, or is it just playful banter, or the echolocation, or something to that effect? I don't know. Um, you know, when I had, you know, what when, when I had my encounter with the Bigfoot back in '81, it was making a clicking sound, and that that confused me for a long time until I found out that um, other in, other people who had encounters with Bigfoot had the same experience. Uh, I do believe. Now that that was some type of um, indication that they were trying—I don't know—trying to like a nervous tick or something that they made when they just didn't know what they were confronting. Um, maybe that. Maybe that. What that was. Maybe that's what that was. Maybe it's the same thing with these these winged beings. Maybe it's. Uh, maybe they have some type of um, nervous tick or something that makes them chirp or click or whatever. I mean, this particular one anyway. So, uh, yeah. But I, I believe these sightings in Bentonville, the four sightings we've had, or five sightings we've had, have been of the same being. Now, as far as the, the three different beings up in the air during the day, I don't know. You know, uh, nobody heard any clicking or anything from them, but uh, the description that the witnesses gave us was that these, these were winged beings of some type.
1: Was it a clicking sound? Was it a like a more of a bird sounding type of chirping? What uh-huh. what was going on?
2: Yeah, birds like chirping. Yeah, yep. Uh, they described it. Now, if if you real if you um, if you know about uh, D Day and the paratroopers who were dropped behind the lines in D Day, they used those clickers to communicate with each other. That's how it was described. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow, that is uh, that is seriously crazy. Seriously yeah. crazy. Now, how rare is this? I mean, have, have other people who have been witness to this creature um, heard the sounds, or is this brand new information?
2: Yeah, this is new. This is something we hadn't heard before. That's why I believe this is a different being that people haven't encountered. Before and who's uh, he, out there now?
1: So now that you have a new piece of information, how how do mm-hmm. you run with that? How do you add that to the the in the information that you've already collected?
2: Well, it gets it, it put into the uh, it's put into the file into uh, part of the characteristics, and we've got a lot of different characteristics that we've that people have experienced with these beings. But uh, uh, let's say we get another sighting, say up in Wisconsin or someplace on the other side of the city and this thing's chirping, clicking like this thing was. Well, it'll give us an idea that they had been moving around or well, then again, it could be something, you know, another being as opposed to the same one. Uh, But I, I do believe we're dealing with with different different beings. I mean, they're coming from the same place. I'm quite sure. But uh, I know we're. I'm pretty sure that we're dealing with different ones.
1: Out of these latest group of sightings, were any of them very close encounters?
2: Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, the first one, especially the guy in the in the backyard of the uh, of his building. I think. Uh, I mean, of his work site when he dropped the equipment off, he said he was within 12 feet of it.
1: Holy cow! Yeah, he must have froze.
2: Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Yeah, he was freaked out.
1: Okay, so forgive me. The, the one that was twelve feet away from him was it mm-hmm. perched up in a tree? Was it on the ground, standing there looking an, at him, or
2: it, it was on top of a trailer? He was. He was standing below, watching it, looking up at it.
1: I mean, how do you even get the 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 you know the fear? That would rush through you. How do you get the energy or the thought process to even move off of something like that?
2: Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I know all I know is Manuel Navrat, who took the report. He he talked to him and he said that uh, he pretty well freaked out because uh, when he walked back there with the flashlight, he he kept hearing the sound, but he wasn't sure what was coming from. Well, when because it was pretty dark back there, and he said when he put the flashlight up to the top of the trailer, that's when he saw it. It was right above him. So, uh, yeah, he pretty well froze when that he saw that. And um, then he threatened he was going to call the police or whatever. And um, they had to get out of there, and it took off.
1: Wow. Lon, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we come back from the break, alien implants. You got an interesting case on this recently.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah it's uh you know, i sent it to you today I, I actually got it today so uh yeah we'll talk about it
1: absolutely
2: Lon strickler
1: from phantoms dot com as he comes in once a month joining us for all sorts of monster talk we love him around here he's got a great beard too Check them out at phantomsofmonsters.com. Thousands upon thousands of reports. Find all of Lon's books on Amazon as well. We'll be back with the second hour of Spaced Out Radio when we return. All right, we are clear. I'm just going to take a quick break here, Lon. I'll be right back. Uh, If you want to hang out with the audience. You can do we'll that
2: because you know how. Hey, folks! I'm, I, uh, if you if you do have an encounter, to be honest. Just contact me. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, my my email is lonstricklerfamsamasters dot com. So um uh, you can send anything you got to that. And uh look if you want to talk about it, send me your phone number. Or uh, you, you can call me as well. These these wing these wing humanoid sightings. Uh, we have kind of gone worldwide with these now. We're asking for worldwide sightings uh, anywhere, and uh, we're trying to um, we're trying to put more and more information about these things together. And, um, and in fact, I have started. Myself and Doug Highcheck from uh, uh, the old uh, Monster Quest series have started a um, have started a production company, and we're in the process of working and scripting uh, a um, some episodes. Con- I mean about the Chicago Maltman and the sightings in Chicago, and we plan on including other wing humanoid sightings worldwide as well as a comparison, so this is a project that we've been talking about, working on now for about six months, and uh, we just recently did a, uh, pitched it to some of the networks and stuff, so we can... Get the um, get the funding and I think we're doing we're going to get I think we're going to do it. So, uh, yeah. so, of course, if you do find anything and have any type of encounters, feel free to contact me. Oh, and my uh, my channel is Fans of Monsters Radio on YouTube. We have a show every Friday night uh, at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And occasionally, every other week, we will do a... um, I will narrate some of the cases. I call it Fans of Monsters Personal Reports. But if you go to uh, if you go to YouTube and uh, search "Fams of Monsters Radio," it'll come up. And uh, uh, we also this this Wednesday we're having an exclusive chat for for members of the channel. So uh, if you wanna if you wanna go there and possibly sign up to be a PM a Fams of Monsters insider only $2.99 a month, so uh, that may be something you want to look into as well. We're going to be adding other exclusives and perks down the road, but um, uh, that might be something some of you would be interested in. Philip, it's Phantoms and Monsters Radio. You get it right.
1: (laughs) DA Roberts, Thomas Fessler, Philip Blair, the Philip Blair. Howie, welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Oren, welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, Thomas, thank you so much. Uh, for that awesome super chat. It's not a man bun, Thomas. It's not a man bun. <laughs> I'll put it down.
2: Nice. Oh, God.
1: There you go. It's all down. Okay, we're not man bunning things here. Evan Walters, welcome back, buddy. And uh, we will take some questions in hour number two. As well, guys. So make sure you put your questions in capital letters. Thank you to Thomas, Dry Toast, and Philip Blair, or pardon me, Phil Minervino, for the amazing super chats. Happy birthday, Phil Minervino! Really appreciate it. Gordium, welcome back. It's not a soccer bun. Disgusting. Here we go. Uh, uh.
2: You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show.
1: Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We. Really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us tonight, Clam? Uh, Lapacius. Lapacius is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Strange Days with Lon Strickler. Lon comes in once a month to tell us all about the monsters that people are finding among them. And... You can find all of Lon's books at Amazon.com, which we really do appreciate. Lon's sharing those with us because you need them for your library. His website, where you can read tens of thousands of reports, is phantomsandmonsters.com. Now, Lon, we're going to get into a very, very sticky subject with a lot of people here, and that is alien implants. You recently got a report on this.
2: Yeah, I got this report today, and I sent it right over to you, so I figured you'd want to use it tonight. Um, This was an incident where an Indiana man was uh, camping uh, during a fishing trip up in uh, Ontario, Nipigon, Ontario. And uh, one night during that camping, while he was camping, he was sleeping in his tent. Woken by two grays and a sharp pain near his neck, and the next morning when he woke up, there was blood on his shirt and his sleeping bag. So, um, so I'll go ahead and um, I'll go ahead and, and send the account that was sent to me. It was sent by a friend of his. So, um, so this guy states in, in 2016. A friend, R.R., had something bizarre happen to him while camping at the Stillwater Tent and Trailer Park uh, to the west of Nipicon, Ontario, in the Thunder Bay area. Uh, He woke up in the middle of the night to what he said were two grays. He couldn't move or scream, and the last thing he remembered was a sharp pain just above the clavicle next to his neck. Um... When he came out of the tent in the morning, one of the fishing companions was alarmed at the blood, which was on his T-shirt on his shoulder. Uh, When they inspected his sleeping bag, they found more blood. So they immediately transported him to a provincial hospital where one of the doctors said that something had punctured his skin and went alongside the muscle at least two and a half centimeters. The hole was about two millimetres in scale.
0: It's another hurricane season, and right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov
3: but first coffee is that gary what is he mowing with wait that's a skag tiger cat 2 zero turn mower that unmistakable cat's eye gold color durable tubular steel frame that can stand up to the toughest conditions comfy thick cushion suspension seat powerful engine heavy duty cutter deck hot 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 ah!
6: the moment you know you want a skag Visit skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best.
2: Abbed over, and an x-ray showed something the size of a uh, 1206 surface mount resistor at the bottom of the puncture. He elected to wait and have it removed back in the States. So it took two days to get back to Indiana, and then another day for him to see the doctors, which confirmed the object was there. So they decided to have removed two days later as an outpatient procedure at Parkview Hospital in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Now on the morning of the procedure, he woke to find more blood on his sheets and pillow and went in for the 10.45 a.m. appointment when the doctor did a scan to confirm the location of this object for removal, it was no longer there. It was in tissue at a location where it could not have moved by itself, and the doctor noted that the penetration into the body showed trauma as if something had been put in him again, which disturbed the tissue, which was in the process of healing. Yet the skin penetration at the surface showed recent scarring, which would, you know, expect from a wound that was uh, three months old. So... uh, So it it did heal up very quickly, and then left the scar just in a matter of days. So RR now sleeps with the proximity alarm and an IR alarm, which has has gone off once since the event. And since then, he now sleeps with the uh, Smith & Wesson 40-calibre pistol in his nightstand. Uh, Since 2016, he's never had another problem, but in 2017... He had a full scan of his upper torso, which confirmed no foreign material in his body. And ever since that event, he will only go fishing with with the guys if they all stay in the same tent together. So he's kind of freaked out by this thing, uh, which is understandable.
1: Very much. And, so.
2: uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of implant accounts. You know, I haven't had it in a long time, and I was kind of surprised to get that today.
1: i got to ask you, regarding alien implants, I mean, they must have known or been tracking him or something, you know, and I always wonder if these implants are some sort of tracking device that can even, you know, understand our language. If they can come in and remove it or move it to a different area of the body before surgery. That is just well,
2: incredible. Yeah, I think it is probably some t- either tracking or some type of monitor sensor they use for you know the body itself, or I don't know. You know, it could be a, it could be a myriad of things, but um, it's pretty creepy if you ask me. I mean, most of the times when you know when you see supposed implants, they kind of do look like a, res- a radio resistor or something yeah that's in small electronics um I don't you know of course we don't know the technology behind it uh, but uh i I have known people and talked to people who have had uh, implants in them that felt something hard inside under the skin, and many times these things move around yes so uh, yeah
1: are you implanted?
2: No, I hope not. I've never found anything, but that doesn't mean anything. I ever tell you the
1: time I woke up on the table? Oh, did you? Yeah, September thirtieth, twenty fourteen. I woke up on the table, man. Wow! Wow! Right in the middle of everything. I woke up. This true story. Okay. It goes back five months previous to this, where when, when uh, Samantha Mowat and I had our encounter in the forest with the extraterrestrial beings. Mm-hmm. Coming out of there, and it, it, what's funny about this, Lon, is Samantha does not remember this part of the conversation, yet to me, it is clear as day. Mm -hmm. And when we came out of that conversation, she said to me, have you ever been taken? And I said, no. She goes, not that you know of. I said, well, I don't think I ever have. And she goes, well, now that you've had this experience, there's a good chance that you will be. And then she goes, don't worry about it. It doesn't hurt. Just let them do their thing. They'll get you back as soon as possible. So, on September 30th, I go to bed as as uh, normal as possible, and next thing I know, I wake up to the feeling of children's fingers running through the top of my head, and it tickled me. Mm. And I wake up, and I could feel that I'm on something metal. And my face was in, like, you know, you go for a massage, your, your face goes into one of those donuts. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I picked my head up, I looked to the right, and it's dark over there, but I could tell that there was light coming from the left side. So I turned my head to the right, and I saw three little three-and-a-half-foot, four-foot gray dudes. And I remember Mm. saying, holy cow, I've been taken, right? So I put my Mm -hmm. head back down. And the one guy, I could feel him over by my left shoulder, and he was kind of rummaging through my hair again, and that's where I felt the cut, like a scalpel's mm-hmm. knife. And I and I remember thinking, oh, geez, that is Samantha said it wasn't going to hurt. That didn't feel very good. <laughs> but what happened next, Lon, was he started mm-hmm. pulling my skin over. Like upward, like over the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And then I felt the second guy come in by my by my side. And there was a third guy there. I don't know where the hell he was. But I heard the drill. <laughs> and then I felt the cutting. Mm-hmm. And I started screaming. And all of a sudden, Samantha's voice pops into my head. And she says, don't worry, Dave. It doesn't hurt. Remember, it doesn't hurt. It's all in your head, right? Like, literally, it's in my head right now. This first guy, he's pulling down. The second guy, once they stopped cutting, it felt like he was trying to get his fingers into my skull and pull up on my skull. And all of a sudden, everything started to tickle. (laughs) And I (laughs) started... But here's the funny part, and and when I tell this story, Lorian Fenton, who's a longtime uh, abductee and abductee supporter, she always Mm -hmm. says, Dave, I know your story is real because no one ever admits to this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Law and I had to urinate like I've never had to urinate before. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I started, in my little donut area here, while they're working on me trying to jam something into my head, I start yelling at them, guys, you better hurry up. I'm going to pee all over your table. (laughs) I am going to pee. I got to piss like a racehorse, and I am going to pee all over your table if you don't hurry up and get me back. Hurry up. I I don't want to pee. I swear to God, I'm going to pee on this table. And I could feel them getting uh, anxious, rambunctious. Next thing I know... I wake up, I'm lying on top of my covers, which I never do, and I'm lying on my stomach face down into my pillow, which is something I never do either. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, my head is like pounding, like the worst migraine headache that I've ever had. And I grab the back of my head and I ran to the bathroom and, and God is my witness, man. To this day, it's still the best, best pee I've ever taken. I, <laughs> I, I must, I must have stood there for about three, four minutes, just standing. there. And it was incredible. But uh, no, that you know, I laugh about it and I make fun about it. But that's seriously what happened. And so uh, every it, time it, it, I tell that story, the back of my head. Actually, starts to pulsate.
2: Really? Yeah. Uh, I've heard that from other abductees. They got to run the bathroom as soon as they realize they're back or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell they did to you. Um, I I was I had an abduction. I was abducted in December two thousand and fifteen, uh, and it was it was you know it was nothing. Nothing done to me. I was just shown a lot of different things, and um, in this case, the, those that coming have gotten to me have got me, or and have come into my my residence, are three very tall, gray like beings, gray alien like beings, but they're tall, very tall, and maybe seven to eight foot, and um, yeah, that's happened to me. I I believe I know of one instance where I was definitely taken. But there are two others that I, I am just regress, You know, I, I just don't remember. It. And uh, maybe one day I will remember some of what happened. But uh, I do believe that I was taken. There's two other times as well. So, uh,
0: but no, I can't
2: say that I've had anything done to me. But, uh, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people have had encounters like that that have no idea they have. Honestly, I, I, I really do believe that. I think there's much, many more people that have had it, that have had these type of encounters or incidents, experiences, and um, they just don't realize it ever happened to them. I, I
1: would 100% agree. I actually one of my uh, one of my favorite stories, Lon, of being taken, was I was talking to a friend of mine in North Carolina. I knew I was in a dream state because it was February here; it was cold as hell. But in this dream state, I, it was springtime, and I was wearing a, a particular t-shirt and a pair of shorts, and I was outside on my on my uh, driveway by my. C- patio, uh, not my patio, my uh, carport, and I looked up over to the left and there was a disc there. That disc started coming right towards my house. And mm. I, I remember I dropped my phone, and this is how stupid I know it was a dream at this point. I dropped my phone, I pick up my phone, upside down and backwards, and I'm trying to talk to my buddy saying, there's a UFO here, I gotta get inside, I don't want to be taken today. And as I'm walking towards my carport, I realize that I'm starting to walk up invisible stairs towards the craft. All of a sudden, I'm even with my patio above my carport. Then I'm even with my roof. And I'm yelling at these guys, I told you I didn't want to go today. I told you I didn't want to go today. Next thing I know, Juan, I wake up three feet above my bed. And I fell in the bed. My arms flailed my one arm smacks my partner across her back and she wakes up and she's like, what the Sam hell are you doing? And I said, uh, I just got back and she's like, what? I said, yeah, I was like just three feet in the air and got dropped into bed. Yeah. So. I don't. I, I I know I've been taken seven eight times that I know of,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then a few weeks ago, my partner she actually asked me. She goes, "How did you sleep?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm well, not too bad," and she goes, "I think you were taken last night." I'm like what? She goes, "Yeah, I, I swear I woke up and you weren't there," and wow, I, and I was like, "Oh." You know? And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But the weirdest one, let me tell you the weirdest one, Lon. Mm-hmm. So I have, and I like to call them dreams, okay, because I really don't know. And I, and I realize this is taking a whole different angle here, so I do apologize. It's all right. But Dr. Bob McGuire is in my dream. And a couple other people from the UFO community are in this dream. And we're, it's real dark and dreary, and we're at this dark and dreary hotel for some sort of UFO conference. And all of a sudden, there's a couple of greys chasing Bob and I around. And we're dodging them in wherever. We're taking off. And it, it was just weird, okay? I could explain the whole thing, but it would take forever. I wake up the next morning, man, and it feels like I haven't slept a wink. my (laughs) My entire body is killing me. My neck is sore. Every joint on my body is sore, you know. And I just cannot move. I'm I'm so sore, and even a hot shower wasn't even me out. So I, I know Bob was there, so I call up Bob in the morning as i'm getting ready for uh, leave, leaving for work I, I call up science bob every morning and uh, i say hey bob i said how'd you sleep last night he goes i was tossing and turning all night he goes in fact my wife sharon got up in the middle of the night because she swore she heard some people walking around downstairs and i said well I don't know if this is true or not, but you and I may have been taken together. Mm. And he goes. So I tell him the entire story, and, and you know him being a scientist, I get a huh, you know, interesting, <laughs> interesting right? Yeah. So a few hours later, Bob's thinking about this. He's stewing about it. Mm. He goes and checks his Fitbit, Lon. His Fit oh. his Fitbit has him walking around for 90 minutes. Where? Don't know. He has no recall, but his Fitbit has him walking around awake for 90 minutes. Wow. Um, and, and Jonathan Davies, who is in our, our chat room tonight, him and I, uh, we were talking about this, and he actually went and put on Twitter one time about uh, for people who've been abducted, to, to finding out if they have Fitbits. And I personally have heard from about three others. I think Jonathan's heard from about seven or eight people regarding this. And I think the Fitbits are the way to start really looking into alien abduction.
2: That's a good idea. I know you about that. Yeah. That's because, a good idea.
1: All because of Science Bob.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was crazy.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I well, mean, you know, we're always
2: looking at ways of monitoring it you know, and, 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 you know, finding out what really happens. Uh, you know, we know so little about it. So... Uh,
1: well, what do you think? As we got about a minute here to go before we go to break, what do you think the purpose of the implantation is?
2: Well, the implantation, I have really no idea. I, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to even speculate. But I, I think um, I think abductions in general have to do with. Uh, something that we have that they don't in particular i believe they're very interested in the human species which they very well may have been a part of at one point maybe they were evolutionized or you know, they evolved humans uh, but it, it seems that they're intrigued from people who i have experienced that i've talked to that they're intrigued with the human with humans having a soul or a Having a life force and believing that they uh, they ascend to another um, to another level when they pass, and they don't have that. They don't, That's not part of what they are. Uh, and I think that I think I think maybe that's the reason for hybridization uh, to try to you know try to engineer that into. Uh, a hybrid uh, to have that possible have some type of um, life force uh, in them uh, but I think I think that, I think that is one aspect as to what may be going on with, with uh, abductions. Vaughn Strickler
1: and Strange Days continues on Space Down Radio when we get back on the mighty SOR Website. We'll be back right after this. Sorry for hijacking you there for a second. It's all right. Uh, Nicole wants to know what uh, your opinion is on physical abduction versus uh, consciousness abduction.
2: Yeah, you want me to give it now? Or you want me to give it later?
1: Um, whatever.
2: Well, I believe there is an, a physical abduction scenario, and there is an ethereal or conscious consciousness abduction too. Uh, and the reason I say that is I I, I have witnessed it. To be honest with you, um, I had a a woman who was um, who was losing. Her pregnancies at the end of every trimester. It happened several times to her, and we eventually set up a. Um, and she was telling me she was being abducted, uh, that it, her boyfriend, the dog, would be completely knocked out. They never sense it, and we eventually set up a uh, a video camera, and uh, we actually taped her, recorded her being lifted off the bed the body being lifted off the bed for a matter of seconds and slowly raised back down to the, on the bed and she mentioned that she felt the abduction I, and it was pretty obvious that her body didn't go anywhere uh, it was probably some an ethereal abduction and i think a lot of abductions are like that incredible yeah
1: incredible
2: yep yeah, that that was I was stunned. Yeah, I was stunned when it happened, and uh, she was too. And um, she, at that point, would not let would not let me keep the video, and she has it. But she still has it, and I'm still.
3: Oh, but first, coffee. Is that Gary? What is he mowing with? Wait, that's a Skag Tiger Cat two zero turn mower. That unmistakable cat's eye gold color, durable tubular steel frame that can stand up to the toughest conditions, comfy thick cushioned suspension seat, powerful engine, heavy duty cutter deck. hot, hot,
6: The moment you know you want a Skag. Visit Skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best.
7: Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. Is she a lifelong contactee?
2: She has been. Well, she may have been when she was younger, but I know of her being a contactee between the ages of 18 and she's 26 now. But I know three pregnancies she lost right at the end of the the first trimester. Yeah. And um, that's been verified by, by doctors as well. Wow. And they can't explain it. You know, they're, of course, their their explanation is, "Oh well, the body, something happened with the body, they rejected the fetus, and it absorbed into the body, and, you know, that bullshit, you know, so.
4: That's the only thing they
2: could come up with.
1: Incredible.
2: Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I, I have become more convinced that ethereal, um, uh, ethereal or consciousness abduction is, is, is a reality.
1: It's just... I don't know, man. I don't know. And, uh... I know from me, I, I don't know if I would call it a consciousness abduction or a spiritual abduction. I'm not sure if there's a difference between the two or not.
2: No, I think it's probably the same.
1: But... I mean, I got tired of it. I, I, I can't remember the last time. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm kind of bored of it. It's kind of like, you know what, if you're going to take me, you know, I, I'm more than willing to go wide awake. Mm-hmm. You know, park the damn ship in the backyard, ring your little bell like an ice cream truck, <laughs> okay? And I'm going to come running out with my $5, and I'm going to be yelling ice cream, and let's go for a ride.
2: Yeah. Yeah?
1: (laughs) Like, enough of this bullshit here.
2: Oh, my God. I I don't know if you'd be surprised or not, but I get a lot of people who comment to me that, that they would like to experience an abduction at some point. And I just think, you are crazy. You are absolutely crazy. So... I mean, I, I, I my experiences have been okay. I mean, I haven't had any ill effects or anything that I know of from it, but quite frankly, I don't particularly look forward to something like that happening.
1: Right. Right. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I gotta go find a playlist here because apparently there's something I missed from a A show a year ago. I'll find it. Here we go. We got about uh, seven seconds. Thank you, Horror Realm, Philip Thomas, Dry Toast, and Phil for the super chats. Here we go. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire, check out our swag as well, follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok, at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Lon Strickler. We have him till the top of the hour. He's from phantomsandmonsters.com, and we want to say hello to him as he comes on in for strange days once a month here on the Mighty S.O.R., and we're glad to have him here. And uh, we really appreciate the time you take for us. You can find all of Lon's books on Amazon.com, so make sure you check that on out. And, uh, uh, Lon, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it.
2: I love being on here.
1: We were talking alien implants right before the break, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a big debate whether they're consciousness, whether they're they're physical, whether they are. Um, how can we how can we look at it here? Um, ethereal, spiritual. I mean, there's a lot going on here with all of this. I mean, in, in, you've interviewed a number of people. Over the years, regarding this, so I'm curious. I mean, what is your take on why the ETs are doing this?
5: Well, like I said before,
2: I, I, I think you know, I think they're a bit jealous of us for for a number of reasons. But I think the um, I think the fact that we believe we have a soul or we have uh, a life force that ascends after we pass. I mean, the physical body dies. Uh, and I don't think that's something a concept that they know of, but I think they're jealous of it. And you know, I've had several experiencers tell me that uh, that it's either been something that's been communicated with them or told to them somehow. But um, I, th- I think that's I think that's a big I think that's a a big factor in this. Now, of course. They may have other agendas, you know. And right now, I really wouldn't know what that would be. But uh, I think that, I think this whole thing about being more human as opposed to them possibly being uh, evolved humans or losing out on something that we have now may be a, a factor behind why they do abduct, abduct us.
1: Do you think it is... Uh, so that way they can, you know, keep tabs on us, much like we would put uh, a tracking device around a, a lion's head or a tag on a great white shark.
2: It could be. But, um, you know, when you're talking about tracking people, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be on the earth. So, I mean, I don't know why they'd be tracking us. Or they they shouldn't have any problem finding us. Um. Uh, I, I think it is a monitor of some type, but I, I don't know exactly what it is. Is it a physical monitor for, you know, keeping tabs on us physically or mentally or, you know, our activities? And that may very well be, but I really don't know what it what it's for.
1: Out of all the alien abduction stories that you have heard, over the years through fandomsandmonsters.com. Is there one or two that stick out with you that you just shake your head?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've told this before, but, um, I mean, to you, but the uh, there was an abductee, or there was a, a woman by the name of Mandy who lived out in eastern Washington, uh, and this is in the beginning of my, my book, Alien, uh, disclosure. Um, she had contacted me. Her, she was actually living with her mother. They were living in a in a home where she grew up at, and uh, they um, uh, they were at home one night after having a late dinner. They were cleaning the dishes. And they noticed out the window, it was about 8 o'clock at night, they noticed out the window that there was a lot of these, a lot of white and red orbs floating all about out in the backyard. And every once in a while they would hear a popping sound. So the woman's name, the young woman's name was Mandy. She was actually a school teacher. And uh, she went out out in the back porch and she was watching these things out in the yard just running into each other and making popping sounds. She said there were thousands of them. So she said she ran through the house, went to the, the, the living room, and looked out the bay window. And out in, the, uh, out in the front yard and across the road into the field, there was thousands and thousands of these red and white orbs. So uh, they went to try to use the telephone, and the telephone went dead. They were going to call... The police, or whatever, they didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, it lasted for a bit, then it ended, they were all gone, and the phone came back on. So, uh, I mean, they decide then, but well, what's the point of even calling now? So, later that night, um, uh, they had they were up in their bedrooms, uh, and um. Uh, Mandy was, well, Mandy was downstairs, she came upstairs, Uh, she went through the hallway and she checked in her mother, she was sleeping in her room. So she went into her bedroom and uh, they started hearing, she started hearing noises out in the roof, uh, up on the roof, up in the attic, like footsteps and something crawling around up there. Uh, she looked out the window, and the orbs were back again. And by this time, they were loud enough that it woke her mother up. Her mother came running into her bed, into Mandy's bedroom. And they literally sat there in fear for about an hour, wondering what was up in the attic, what was crawling on the roof, and whatever. Uh, then it just suddenly stopped again. So... That's when they contacted me. They they actually got a hold of an investigator in Spokane, Washington, who recommended give me a call. So they a couple of days later they called me, and uh, they were they were still experiencing very similar activity uh, to a lesser degree again, and they just couldn't understand what was going on. So you know I was on the phone with them for. Oh, I, I guess about about three hours, and they were telling me everything that was going on. I, honestly, I I really thought I that this was something that was going to progress. I didn't like what I was hearing, so um, but I didn't tell them anything. I didn't want to frighten them. I didn't, you know. I, I the only thing I told them is that well, look, do me a favor, give me a call tomorrow morning. Uh, let me know if anything happened tonight, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. I said. They said fine. So, I didn't the next day I didn't get a phone call, and in fact, it was several days before I did get a phone call from Mandy's mother, and she um, she apologized for not, uh, but I could tell she was distressed. She apologized for not calling me. And I asked her, well, what's wrong? She said, Mandy's missing. Oh, my. And then she told me what had happened. That, um, that night, Mandy had gone up to bed. And her mother was sitting in the living room watching TV. And then she walked upstairs. And she saw that the light was on. Mandy's door was closed, but there was a light underneath the door. And then it went out. So, she opened the door slightly. She knocked on it, didn't get an answer, and then she opened the door slightly and flipped the light on, and Mandy wasn't anywhere to be found. Her bathroom was there by the bedroom. She was nowhere. Her mother started freaking out. And, uh... She went running all through the house outside and everything, yelling for Mandy. She couldn't find her. So she called the police. Now, of course, Mandy is an adult. Uh, The cops are saying, well, maybe she ran off. But her her effects were all there, you know, wallet and pocketbook. The car was still there. Cops said, well, maybe she ran off with a boyfriend or, you know, something like that, like they normally do. Uh, But, you know... She's free will. I mean, you know, maybe we'll, you can file a missing report after a couple days, but, you know, but her mother knew something was wrong. So, um, yeah, so that's what happened. And, um, that was about, that's about 11 years now. Is she still gone? She's still missing. I, um, I I have checked with the Washington State Police on several occasions. The last time was about a year or so ago. And, uh, yeah, her file is still an open file, and she's never turned up anywhere. None of the credit cards have ever been used. No, you know, Social Security has never been used or anything. So I believe, I seriously believe she was abducted and taken and not brought back. One of the
1: 65,000 Americans a year. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. You know, I, I think I, I think of those missing people, there very well could be some that were abducted and never returned. But I tell you, I'd be honest, I almost quit investigating after that happened. I felt guilty about it for not saying, though, what was I going to do? You know, uh, I did. I felt bad about it. Uh, because, you know, and I think about it, and I think, well, what could I have done to stop something like that? I couldn't have done anything. Uh, but uh, I did have a bad feeling about it.
1: Now, when you say you had a bad feeling about it, you, did, you obviously did not think that it would end up like this,
2: though. No. No, I, I, I didn't. You know, I had never been involved with a case or even heard of a case where somebody had been supposed to be abducted and and never returned. Uh, I've had a lot of cases where people had said they've been abducted and returned, but nothing like that. So uh, when it did happen, I felt bad about it. I really did. I don't know why that was, but I did. I felt bad about it. I still feel bad about it sometimes. Um, But, you know, and I've talked to people about it. You know, it's like, well, uh, they tell you, what what could you have done? You could have warned her, but you know, was she gonna have a tinfoil hat on or something? I mean, you know. So yeah.
1: Oh, that's that's just really sad. Yeah. Really sad regarding that. I mean, does her mother believe that she was taken by aliens?
2: She did. She passed away since then. Um but she did. She said she believes that the incidents had something to do with her being missing, so put two and two together, that's what you got.
1: Right. Do you think there's a a chance that maybe one day she may show up?
2: Well, I, I think it's possible. I mean, I think it's possible. Who knows? Will we ever know? I don't know yeah I've heard of stranger things, but I, I don't know of any actual case of course you see a lot of things like that on TV, but I don't know if uh, if there's an actual case of someone being missing for an extended period of time then showing back up. Uh, I don't know I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but I don't know of any myself.
1: Do you think then that there are certain species that are just taking people for without any plan of returning them?
2: Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, you know when I got involved with the, with David Eckhart and his um, in his abduction scenarios and saga with him and his family. Uh, These were reptilian beings that were actually taking him, though there were greys working with them. And this is early on. This is 12, 15 years ago. He described being taken and, and going into an area where he actually witnessed human experimentation and humans dying from the experimentation and being disposed of. So, you know, if you take him at his word, I think David's a trustworthy individual. Uh, yeah, then maybe maybe there is something to that.
1: Sticking with UFOs and, and aliens, I mean, do you get a lot of reports from people seeing extraterrestrials? If so, are they just seeing the greys? Are they seeing other species? And reporting in,
2: I don't get as much as I used to, which maybe seems a little bizarre, uh, but most most of the sightings are greys. Most the most of the experiences are greys, uh, and occasionally there's a reptilian like being or an insectoid involved. But most most of the scenarios now are of multiple beings working together. Uh, I'm talking like four or five, six different types of races or species of beings that work together. Uh, They seem to be uh, conglomerations that work together now as opposed to just one species. Uh, Even humans. I have have had encounters, reports to me, where there have been grays... And other beings and humans involved with uh, with a with an abduction or just a close encounter. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think, and, and of course, that may actually evolve later on. But that seems to be in the past, maybe fifteen years or so. That seems to be the scenario that's that's being reported to me of multiple types of beings working together. In this type of uh, these type of these type of incidents,
1: do you think that the government knows or has a list of the people who've been taken and vanished? Maybe not from the reports or calls in of missing people, but from maybe other sources.
2: It, it's hard for me to believe that there isn't some type of cooperation to some degree between them and the government, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of speculation about like Dulcie based and this and that deep underground, you know, bases and such. I, I don't know to what extent that is. You know, I've read a lot of things over all these years and I don't know what to believe, but I think at this point now there's gotta be some knowledge between the factions, I mean, between these humans who are the powers that be and uh, these... Oh, but first, coffee. Is that Gary? What is he mowing with?
3: Wait, that's a Skag Tiger Cat 2 zero-turn mower. That unmistakable cat's-eye gold color. Durable tubular steel frame that can stand up to the toughest conditions. Comfy, thick cushioned suspension seat. Powerful engine. Heavy-duty cutter deck. Ooh, hot, 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 hot,
6: The moment you know. You want a Skag? Visit Skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best.
7: Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would
2: I think there is some toleration as well.
1: We've got about five minutes to go here with you tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Lon Strickler is our guest from phantomsandmonsters.com. He comes in once a month for strange days. I would love to know, uh, Lon, you know, what other, we've talked about Mothman, we've talked about aliens, we've talked about a number of things tonight. What other reports have you been receiving recently that have interested you?
2: Yeah, we've been getting a lot of the, uh, the canine cryptic reports. You know, figures, uh, Butch passes away and then we're getting your reports coming in. Uh, we've had several that I know he would have been, would have loved to look into. Um, uh, but, uh, we have gotten a few and, uh, we've been, we've been busy working on those. Uh, I don't I can't say we had any re- anything's been resolved, um, but uh, we have gotten several reports, and especially here in Pennsylvania, I've got two or three in Pennsylvania that we're looking into now.
1: Any strange, weird cryptids? Huh? Any any weird, strange cryptids?
2: Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. I, I'd say if you want to consider them cryptids, these the pale crawler, humanoids, which I wrote a book about. Um, we occasionally get those yet too. That's a strange phenomena that seems to be inundating a lot of the uh, a lot of the cryptid world now. Uh, but there's a lot there's a lot of explanation still to be had with those. We really don't know what they are. Are they a, a Are they a new type of being? Are they some type of thought form manifestation? I mean, what are they? I mean, people talk about look like the, the the slender man, you know, what is that, what was that, was that some type of thought form, uh, you know, some people believe they're real, some people don't know what to think about them, but the, these crawler reports, these other strange humanoid sightings, we've been getting a lot of those, and a lot of different, a lot of different scenarios with those, uh, and they're not always white, they're different colors, you know, browns, or other oranges, color and such so uh, yeah i mean it, it's just it's just another it's just another um, type of entity that we've got to deal with and uh, uh, i'm quite sure there're going to be more down the road
1: it never seems to to change does it it, no. ne- it never seems to change it never seems to to just be weird <laughs> you know i mean it, it you've heard enough weirdness where it's become normal i guess is what i'm saying
2: yeah i'm not i'm not surprised by much anymore you know um maybe i should be but i not really am not um you know 20 years ago if i'd have heard somebody come right out and, and tell me some of the stuff that people are reporting now i would have thought they were crazy but uh no, it's kind of commonplace now. Uh, it's not that I think people are telling stories or uh, imagining what they're seeing. I, I think they are having real encounters. But, uh, you know, I I just believe that, you know, cryptids are something we're going to be dealing with for a long time. And uh, why they exist, is, is that's left to be determined. But um, I don't think there's any end to it.
1: Damn. What do you got coming up on PhantomsAndMonsters.com, your podcast, or any new books you're writing?
2: Well, I'm not working on a book right now. I think the next, well, the next book will probably be a third Chicago Mothman book uh, describing the airport sightings from the beginning until whenever, and it's going to continue till then. Um, I got people trying to get me to do a, a Dogman Upright Canine book. Uh, especially for Pennsylvania, so I don't know. I have to think about that. Uh, but the Fams um, the, the of Monsters Radio was—we rebranded Arcane Radio to Fams of Monsters Radio. Uh, we've been doing really well with it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's getting there. It's coming along. Uh, thanks to you because you've given me a lot of hints about what to put up there, and I appreciate that. Uh, but, uh, no, it's, uh, we've gotten some good guests. We've gotten some good response. We're expanding into narration, live narration now. And, uh, you know, are doing a lot more round table discussions, which people seem to like. Perfect. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to keep at it. We're going to keep trying to improve it. As far as fans of the Monsters go, we're in our 17th year. Um. And, and as far as I know, hopefully, knock on wood, it's going to keep going.
1: Well, well-deserved, my friend. Well-deserved. And, you know, we, uh, we love you around here. We will talk to you next month as you embark on another journey heading into the summer. Mon Strickler, everybody. Monster Hunter extraordinaire. His beard from Quebec. <laughs> and com is his website. We'll be back with Swamp Dweller and the fedora-wearing John Hudson next on Spacetown Radio. All right, boss, we're clear. Great show. Always fun. Great show. Thank you so much for the love, man. Yep. Anytime, dude. All right, brother. We will talk. I'll to talk you. to you later. We'll talk to you next month.
2: Okay, you take care.
1: Bye, bye. Lon Strickler, everyone. We love him. I'll be right back. Now that you got my messy hair, thanks to Fessler. Amber's Para World, how you doing? Good to see you. we got about a minute to go here. I swear to God, I'm going to get my hair cut soon. Driving me nuts. King of Hueco Mondo, how's it going? The sensational Shelly, welcome back. Gorgeous Pam Smith, thanks for coming on in. Anybody else jump in here? If there is a meteor shower tonight, I can't see it. It's all clouded over. Major Lee, how you doing? Noble Patrick, good to see you. Thank you to Doug Shelby, Horror Realm, Philip, Thomas, Dry Toast, and Phil for the super chats. And remember, you can get all your SOR swag at our website, spacedoutradio.com. Just click on the store button. Wallet Moth, how you doing? Here we go, everyone, hour three.
6: Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com
2: for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and
0: SOR.
1: Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. And digitally on... Odyssey Radio, KPNL, and Talk Stream Live. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Lapatius lapacious is your password use it wisely space travelers as a clam sets a password each and every night right here on spaced out radio our website is spacedoutradio.com. we have a plethora of features for you rock out to bumblefoot read shirky poos newswire check out our swag as well follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok At Spaced Out Radio, it is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller brings us another spooky story.
5: I am a 12 year old male and for the last 9 months I have been told about some weird experiences from a man communicating with animals to weird coincidences that kind of coincide. It all began with a boy scout camp into the Gold Coast hinterland Australia in October. We were orienteering and as we walked with our dogs we began to hear this crunching as if we were being followed. We just brushed it off that maybe it was just dogs. We sat down for a break, and I looked around and saw a man hunched behind a tree ten meters away. I showed the adults and scouts when suddenly the dogs ran over and sat next to him. We ran away, and that was the end of that. The second encounter wasn't until April this year. It was in Tasmania. I was alone walking along in a rainforest gully when I heard a loud thump and then the leaves rustling next to me. I looked over, and I didn't see anything there. So I started to speed walk, and as I did, the leaves continued to rustle. Something was definitely following me. I kept looking over my shoulder, but nothing was there. I started to run faster, and now, as I did that, the leaves began rustling even more quickly. Whatever was out there was chasing me, I kept looking back and saw a dark figure in the forest behind me. I stopped and yelled for my parents. I could hear them screaming my name, but they were somehow above me, and I was in a gully. How... how had I gotten off track? The latest incident happened a few weeks ago. I was sitting in my room, with the window closed and heard my name being called. I didn't think anything of it at first, until it became apparent that it was a woman's voice screaming bloody murder in my name. Is it just stalkers or some kind of cryptid? Please help me. Hey, you can just call me by the name I put as my alias. Anyways, let's begin. I was out with my mom, and we were hiking on a trail. We found a landmark, and my mom wanted to show me another one. Keep in mind I was 9 years old at the time. I saw a lot of scary things, a lot of paranormal things, but this honestly took the cake. Anyway, we had been hiking since 10am, and we got lost until we got picked up by a policeman around 9pm. Prior to that, at around maybe 6 or 7pm, I saw something in the bushes. A deer, I thought, but then I remembered deer nor elk live in Hawaii. I grew scared because nine-year-old me is a wimp. The next thing I know, me and my mom are walking again because we're lost. Yes, lost. We followed signs saying, this way to get out. But the more we followed the signs, the more lost we got. My mom and I stopped trying to get our bearings, and trying to figure out where we are. That's when I hear a crunching sound, like bones breaking or big sticks being broken. My mom and I walked away, and then maybe another half-mile away... I hear a terrifying shriek come from the spot we were in. Ten to fifteen minutes later, I see something behind my mom. A large, terrifying creature. It was on all fours, and it had this rotting smell to it. It was skinny and wrinkled, and it had small patches of fur on it like it was mangy. Also, it looked as if it has not eaten in months, and looked to be at least six foot tall when on all fours. I'm guessing it was about 8 to 9 feet when it stood up. I started stuttering when whispering to my mom saying, "There, there, There's something behind you. She told me not to look at it and was probably my imagination because she also knew I was scared of the dark. Naturally, I continued to look and the next thing I know the ugly creature looks our way. It had a skull-like face and there were black holes where the eyes were supposed to be. It also had cuts in the skull for a nose. It looked sort of like a cow or a bull skull. The thing that also caught my eye was it had deer-like antlers and its feet were sort of like hoofs. I couldn't see that clearly cause it was dark and my flashlight went out and my mom was saving her battery on her phone for help. This thing looked as if it was about to shriek when the policeman came and then it ran off. It left hoof on the ground and I was being escorted to safety when I saw it again. I screamed bloody murder and the police turned to look at me. I explained to them what I saw. One of them, an ordered policeman, said, Wendigo, and said that a cannibal wandered into the forest and has never returned. Pretty creepy. Not sure if we have those kind of things in Hawaii, but if any of you might know what it could be, please comment down below.
1: Oh, we love the swamp dweller around here. As he freaks us out each and every night, bringing us on into his spooky tales that he gets from thousands of people just like you. You could go to his YouTube channel, Swamp Dweller Reads, at youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can hit subscribe on his channel. Well, it's time once again where we warm up the fedora, bring in John Hudson for the UFO Report. Here we go. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. right, it's been a busy few days in the UFO world. And we bring in the fedora-wearing John Hudson to come on in as his chin hair is on par with high quality UFO news, John, welcome back.
8: Thank you, thank you, Dave. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing great and I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, every day we get a little bit closer to mosquito season and that's uh, it's a little bit bothersome for me. It goes uh, oh. sp- it goes wet w- it goes wet spring, mosquito season, fire season, back to mosquito season winter
8: but i have good news for you soon the insects are going away it's already happened where i live so basically you know you used to drive on the freeway and get all that bug goo all over your f- car doesn't happen anymore but first coffee is that gary
3: what is he mowing with wait that's a skag tiger cat 2 zero turn mower that unmistakable cat's-eye gold color? Durable tubular steel frame that can stand up to the toughest conditions? Comfy, thick cushion suspension seat? Powerful engine? Heavy-duty cutter deck? Ooh, hot, 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 hot,
6: The moment you know you want a Skag. Visit Skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best.
7: Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.
8: None of bugs for it Kind
7: of nice. That's bad for the environment,
1: you know.
8: It actually resulted in lower washing costs for transit vehicles.
1: Well, that's one possibility. Measurably
8: lower washing costs in transit vehicles. All right. I saw the report.
1: Lots of news happening around from NASA to more UFO hearings to scientists should be involved in hearings. It's now irresponsible to not talk about UFOs. And so much going on right now. Where do you want
8: to start? Well, that, that's the problem. Is it? I mean, right now there there really is this incredible um, buffet to, to choose from. But you know, what I what I I started getting very frustrated by, it, and I decided, I just want to pick out a couple things that just hit me. You know, just hit me emotionally in some way. You know, and um, and so you know, and I also well, it's hard like because. You know, you could spend hours talking about the, the hearing. You could spend uh, a bunch of time talking about the video that came out on Friday. Um, you know, there's all these other things that are going on. There, there's the nearly guaranteed coming of additional hearings because um, the Senate won't let the House do anything well and then not try to duplicate it and another will the House. So we know that's going to happen. And so, you know, things are a little chaotic right now. But the thing was, was that that hearing had some very challenging aspects of it. And, uh, one of them I wanted to talk about is, um, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with this, but there used to be this wonderful document online that I should look up, see if it's still there, called Weasel Words. And this document was, I believe it was written by Wikipedia, or maybe it was Google, I don't know, it was one of those places. And it was, it was an example of all the words that people use in, um, trying to persuade people of things that you should go big red light. Don't listen to this person, sort of a thing, right? Um, you know things like, for example, being shown a graph with no um, axis or or identification at all, uh, no values of any sort, just bars, right? Like I love those. Some guy did it the other day on YouTube. I was dying laughing. Um, but one thing that happened was is in the in the in the back and forth, um, there was a specific word that started appearing, and the thing is, is that the 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 different um circles of government have working vocabularies that they work with inside and outside right and those vocabularies also evolve like everything else evolves right and so new words get introduced into the vocabulary that will then get tried out in public and if they work they'll be used again and if they don't work they'll be brought back and maintained internally and so and it's not a terribly conscious thing it's 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 it's, it's a social uh, beast thing right but the thing is is it. um when, when someone starts adding a qualifier to a descriptor, when they, when they start adding an additional conditional, right. And in this case, the conditional was um, contractual. Right. And the idea was, was that he was being asked about, um, you know, whether we had any programs whether we had any materials, basically every question that came down to did the U S have anything in its possession? Many of his answers would come back with uh, I know of no contractual organization that did that kind of work, right? And he threw in this, started throwing this. That is not a common word, at least in the public um, uh, decorum. And so what that means is that that's an engineered word. It means something very particular. It has a specific goal and specific purpose. And it has a definition that he has for it that may not be the same definition that we have for it. And so it introduces a lot of, of obscurity. It's just not pleasant. And um, uh, it's certainly interesting to talk about, but I don't like it because um, it, it implies deceitfulness, I guess, or at least evasiveness. Uh, okay. Because I mean, let me give you an example, right? DARPA, right?
5: right?
8: DARPA only has about 124 actual employees, okay? Basically, the 100, like, director, program manager, whatever you want to call them, they basically own the project, and everything in the project is completely contracted or, 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 um, uh, you know, some sort of a, an outside contract. There are no, no permanent employees except for those 124. And 100 of them rotate fixed every six years. So there's really like 24 people that kind of, you know, stick on. And so in their case, if you started asking them questions, well, uh, what, what considers contractual work? Is work that was done through this one DARPA program where everyone on there was contractors, is that considered contractual work, even though there wasn't an actual contract written for that specific work? Or does it have to be a specific contract that actually covers the scope of the work that was actually executed by the party? I mean, you can start getting into some horrible nuances here, and it's just not pleasant.
1: Okay, so what does this have to do with UFOs?
8: Well, this was essentially how one of the ways that... that, that, um, um uh oh man now now i've forgotten his name um this is one of the ways that that our lovely um uh, government representative was basically getting out of of telling the truth during the ufo hearings so what this is is this is a a blatant example of of a, a very very active very very simple um obfuscation technique that that they were clearly using in the hearing. On TV, so you
1: don't have you don't think it has anything to do with the fact that that these gentlemen who were um, up there speaking Bray and uh, what what was the other gentleman's name? Oh, it's on the top of my head, uh, Moultrie. You don't think that they were you know it had anything to do with the fact that they were just appointed their position about a week week and a half beforehand.
8: Well, even still, you don't you don't bring in words without like every word has value, cost and, and place. And you don't there's no out of place word. every word has purpose. Every word has a goal. And so for him to add in that word as a descriptor to something that we've never heard it phrased that way before. That's not that's not that's completely new. Right. It's completely new. And so why is it new? What is he calling out differently? How is he using it to parse the language so that he could not answer the question. But who's he? I, that, and unfortunately, you know, I, I got so caught off guard, I, was, I'm, I can't remember the poor guy's name, but it was, the, it, was, it was one of those two representatives that you mentioned that was Very testifying emotional. in the hearing.
1: Okay, so that's an interesting take because from what I had heard was that they were just appointed to the position, they don't even have a full leader. That's true. In that yet, and that they were kind of caught off guard with the questions because they hadn't been fully indoctrinated into a lot of the stories, like Malmstrom or the Wilson documents, or or anything along those
8: lines. Well, yeah, and and they would be selected and briefed for the goal of keeping them somewhat ignorant, um, because you know you don't want to expose. Oh, yeah. um, anyone to you know testimony that's going to create any kind of litigation issues, right? So, so to a degree, they, they want people who are. I mean, we've talked about this before uh, in in the in the uh, in the um, uh, show on Friday and other places. Uh, uh, figureheads. Um, one of their purposes is they are the safe one to testify. That's like in their job description. You're the one of the safe people that can testify, and the way they keep you safe to testify is that need to know is really strict. <laughs> It's only what you absolutely need to know. Well, what are, you, what are you
1: what are you hearing about any future type talks here within the next couple
8: of weeks? Well, I, to me, it's it's not a to me it's not a. I don't even know why anyone's debating it. I, I, I find me a time in history where the House or the Senate has done anything successfully that the other side hasn't replicated within weeks. I don't think it's ever happened ever in the history of the country, right? I mean, and so uh, this would be the first, I mean, I guess, I guess it could happen. Um, but the thing is, is that I mean that the, the if you wanna look at it from one point of view, the numbers for that hearing were fantastic. And uh, Senate's gonna to wanna, to, you know, get their paw in the game. So it, it, it now, now a good thing to debate is whether the Senate hearings will have a public and a private element, or could it just be a private element? And that, that, I suppose, is a possibility. Um, I would hope not. Um, even if anything else, their egos would probably keep that from happening because the House one went really well from everyone else's point of view.
1: Well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they end up, because all the rumors are saying that we could have new hearings within the next couple of weeks well, on this subject.
8: But here's the, here's the other reason why there has to be hearings in the Senate is because basically, if if you don't get hearings in the Senate, then what that means is nothing that's being talked about in the House has any intention of ever being legislated. Because anything that has to be written into legislature has to go through the Senate as well. And they would have to have knowledge about it and they would have to be briefed on it and they would have to be part of the process. Now you could do all the work in the House and then toss it over to the Senate and that happens all the time. But the point is, the Senate's gonna have to work on it. So they're gonna have to get involved one way or the other. So it kind of has to happen no matter what, whether we hear about it or not, maybe the bigger question.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, uh, when, when you think of the, of the idea that, that we could have these hearings within a couple of weeks, do you expect to see any names that we may recognize as part of people being called up in front of the, in front of Congress?
8: So, um, prior to, um, um, uh, Eight hours ago, um, I would have said absolutely not, and I would have been kind of horrified if anyone was claiming to know that sort of thing because I would—I just would be surprised if that kind of information came out. And then um, Ross Coulthart uh, was uh, no, no, I feel bad. It was either when he was on with Jimmy today, or it was when he was on with with Nori on on Thursday. He basically said point blank that what he's hearing is that there is a second hearing um, in the works, and that the uh, people who would testify at that hearing are of a completely different class than the first hearing. They are people who want to testify, and there are people who are coming prepared to testify.
1: God, we better hope that's public.
8: And that's what Ross Coulthard said.
1: I hope it's public. Who, Who would you choose? Who are your top five that you would choose?
8: Oh, boy. You know, um, oh boy, I am going to just turn like a whole community against me at once just by doing this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, um, I Lou Elizondo, I'm,
1: I'm, 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 Chris Mellon?
8: yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris would work. Uh, Elizondo would work. Oh, it would definitely work. It would work. Um, Here's my problem. I I don't really want a bunch of outsiders testifying because they're not going to be listened to. Right? I mean, maybe one, right? Maybe one or two for real impact, right? Um, Robert Solis or something, you know? Robert Um, Solis, Travis um, Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. uh, but I mean, the thing is, is that um, the optics of this hearing is like nothing I've ever seen, and um, I just, oh man, I just, I, I just, I have a really hard time. And, and the thing is that what I'm, what I'm talking about is, is that like we used to laugh all the time about the idea of people from corporate America going into government service. Or people going from government service into corporate America because we worked in both worlds and we saw how vastly different they were and how easy it was to screw up royally if you didn't know all the rules of each, right? And so, um, oh, man, I just – I don't – yeah, it'd, it'd be, it'd be, it'd, it's, I mean it I couldn't even come up with five.
1: Well, my top five would be Robert Salas. It would be Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon. Travis Taylor and Robert Bigelow. I want to see Bigelow on the stand.
8: Hey, you know what? Okay, Dave. Nice. We that's got, a good list.
1: We got fifteen seconds.
8: That's a, that's a good list. That's a good list. No, I like that list. I didn't. I hadn't thought about Bigelow. That so
1: I'll, ex- I'll explain That'd my. I'll explain my list when we get back, so our radio audience understands who I am chatting about here when we get back from the break. The unbiased UFO report. With the fedora-wearing John Hudson, continues on Spaced Out Radio. And when we return, we'll debate who would you put in front of Congress, talk UFOs, and much more Shirky Booze news as well. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. See, Jules, I thought about Gary Nolan, but the problem with Gary Nolan is right now his research would be considered way too woo for where we're going. Eric Davis, I could see putting him on there. Oak Shannon. Hal Punoff. Um, Admiral Wilson. Guys, instead of typing in uh, one at a time, give me each your top five. Your top five. If you're in the chat room, give me your top five. Asteroid Deuce Bigelow, Child Prodigy, Damn Right's... If I ever met Robert Bigelow, I would ask him if I could touch his hair, because I think it's a helmet.
8: Him and that would be your question.
1: Him and him and Leslie Keen, they have helmets.
8: Hmm. So my, my my question for Bigelow has always been very simple. Um, you clearly found the answer you were originally looking for. So why are you continuing? No one's ever
1: asked that. Give me your five, people. Give me your five. James Weston, how you doing, buddy? The summer of punk has begun. King of Hueco Mundo. Wow, Jules, you would put John Alexander up there? Oh. <laughs> oh. You are a rebel.
8: Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be funny? And see, so the real problem is so you don't really know how everyone would behave. You know, people behave differently when they get on the stand.
1: I think you would hear uh, John Alexander plead the fifth as many times as he could. The Doug Shelby is exiting the building, people. The Doug Shelby is exiting the building. Who is CRM? Oh, my knees are killing me tonight. Oh, yeah? Oh, God. Why is that? Oh, I was playing a uh, little bit of baseball with my son outside. And the little jerk made me bend more than twice.
8: You know, um, about um, I don't know, ten years ago, I think it was. Uh, I was like in my, you know, like mid thirties, and I started like realizing I wasn't like as as mobile as I as I thought I was. And so I started doing this, um, this T25 um, like cardio like workout thing.
1: Yeah.
8: And um, oh, dude, you you do the craziest things. You have one-handed push-ups. Like I mean, just like the craziest things you couldn't even imagine. You end up doing, and but it's, it takes a while. But it's amazing how 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 I, I'm probably more flexible now than I've ever been in my whole life.
1: All right, we got about thirty-five seconds. Thank you to Doug Shelby, Horror Realm, Philip, Thomas, Dry Toast, and Phil Minervino, the birthday boy, for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. Thank you to all the veterans who are hanging on out with us. We really do appreciate it, and uh, we're going to continue here in about fifteen seconds. tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate tuning you on in. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky-Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the unbiased UFO report tonight with our main man, the fedora-wearing John Hudson. John, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. You are very welcome. Very welcome. All right, dude, let's get into it. Top five that you would like to put in front of Congress. Now, I gave you mine. I said Luis Elizondo. I said Chris Mellon. Robert Bigelow. Robert Salas. And Troy Taylor, the head scientist at Skinwalker Ranch.
8: Who's John choosing? So the the hard thing for me is that I to to me for me to answer this question well you you have to actually ha- have some clue. Oh, oh,
0: oh, this is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story.
2: Driving cross country with two young children is ambitious to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the
4: street, and we were back on the road in no time.
6: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts
7: Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today.
8: ...to what everyone actually knows. And so then the question becomes, are you weighing this based on what the person knows or what the person might present like in the congressional setting. And so for me, what I would really want is I would want something like, um, I would want something like uh, Kit Green's knowledge in like um, okay. Brennan's, Brennan, the former CIA director's uh, body, right? Like I would, I, basically what I, I would rather have, you know, f- f- if recently former, Heads of intelligence agencies and those I would rather have those people okay. but actually S- saying something. Since you're you know?
1: dodging the question, Jonathan Davies, Hal Putoff, Eric Davis, Lou Elizondo, James Lakatsky, and Troy Taylor. Let's see what who else our our listeners have here. Let's just scroll on up. Scroll on up. Joe Monk, Lou Elizondo, Science Bob, for some reason he's got me on there. I'm not going to do squat down there. Robert <sighs> Salas, and
8: Donald Kehoe. But okay, but, but look, I mean, keep in mind, like, I mean, take, take, um, like, where, where, where'd that list, where'd that last list go? Because, I mean, I like this list for who, for what they know. I like the list for, for you know, what I believe they know. But some of these people, like... like I And, and I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Eric Davis. I actually really am. I really like the guy. I, I was actually following him for years as a physicist before I even got into UFOs. So I, I'm a big fan of his. But I don't know if I would want him testifying. I don't know if I would want um, put off. Oh, man. I just, I, okay, you know what it really comes down to? I, w- I want to see everyone's performance on the stand first.
1: <laughs> well you can't have that. You know, John, once in a while you gotta use your imagination. Jules here, Hal Putoff, Luis Elizondo, Stanford scientist Gary Nolan, scientist Eric Davis, and John Alexander, one of the Aviary.
8: That's an interesting Actually. I take it back. You know what I would love to do? Not do any of these people grab five kids from um, aerial school?
1: That would be beautiful. Let's grab them to be on this show. We're working on that.
8: Get 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 five kids from that. that.
1: Stephen in the UK. Hey, get, get
8: five kids from anywhere, Ste- <laughs> any sighting.
1: Stephen in in the UK. Lou Elizondo, Travis Taylor, Hal Putoff, Robert Bigelow, and Oak Shannon. Mennonite Abe wants to see. Lou Elizondo, Eric Davis, Hal Putoff, Admiral Wilson, and Dave Scott. Dave has no no see, fire in this game. No fire in this but, game.
8: And the thing is that everyone everyone's doing this based on on what they believe, you know, each one's gonna do. And like I mean, I maybe just be completely wrong on, you know, whether so and so like Mellon, I know Mellon can can testify well, right? I I mean, um I know actually Elizondo can testify well. Um, I mean, even someone like, even someone like, um, oh
1: man, I don't know. Philip Blair, Jacques Valet, Robert Bigelow, Leslie Keen, Ralph Blumenthal, and Michio Kaku.
8: I could go, I could go for Valet. Um...
1: You are over. I can feel your mind working right through here, man. Because,
8: because essentially, what I'm what I'm really doing for my own for my own purposes is I'm thinking of all the arguments I know that can tear down these people, which groups they're from, how accurate they are, and how successful they are. And so, I'm more looking at from the point of view of which one of these people are actually going to stand up to the type of analysis that's going to be done on them after it. And, and what sort of backlash was that going to create for us? So yeah, I'm overthinking.
1: Logan Black, I want to see Captain Kirk, Spock, Mulder, and Scully, plus the Observer from Fringe. That's brilliant.
8: brilliant. Well, what were those? What were those four guys that that, that, that the uh, X Files? The um, But those four geeks that would help them out sometimes. They so were called like the unknown something or other. It was very funny, but.
1: Yeah, it's, they're probably UFO Twitter.
8: Exactly. It, 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 well, yeah, in many cases. The lone gunman, that's what it was.
1: You're going to dodge this question, aren't you?
8: No, actually, I on, I mean, I don't have any problem to give my answer. I, I, I have no issue with it at all if I really had it. I just, I'm I'm like, I mean, I, I realized that I would feel comfortable with Gary Nolan. I'd feel comfortable with Jacques Vallée. I would feel comfortable with Christopher Mellon. Even Elizondo. I don't really know if Elizondo is a good idea because of of the way the public reacts to him.
1: Well, the only public that's poo-pooing him is, is people on UFO Twitter. And that's a small percentage considering he is considered a Christ among people there.
8: Yes, but the thing is, is that once people become a, a a a public interest person, then it doesn't take long to get out what you know to get to the the mud, right? And the thing is, is that I don't. For me, I like I said, I don't. um You know, I I don't I don't have any sort of like challenges, with essentially like being wrong or or calling out a bad person. I just to me, it, that it's a short list. I can think of Valet. I can think of Nolan um,
1: Come on, you're throwing in Corey Goode and David Wilcock, aren't
8: you? Boy, can you imagine what would happen?
1: Asteroid, Bill Nye, Neil deGrasse Tyson, ah. Captain Kangaroo, Santa Claus, and the Easter Bunny.
8: Might as well get Oliver North.
1: Um. Wow, dropping an Ollie North here. On the show, that that's
8: awesome. He had his own talk show for a while, too. <clears throat> um, I mean, yeah, and basically, you want people that just have, man, have just I've been so damn clean. Just so damn clean. I mean, when you take Elizondo, for example, right? Someday, the work Elizondo did at Guantanamo Bay is going to become more and more public. Now, in my personal opinion, for what I know of it, um, I don't have an issue. Um, I'm not going to be common in that, in my belief. And so there will be a time where people will essentially take that information and use it to attack him for everything else he does. And so there's a good example of something that I, I worry about, right?
1: All right. Well, you could also go with Admiral Wilson.
8: Robert, I've, I've never even seen him talk.
1: Well, I'm sure he, I'm sure he
8: talks, but I don't think he presents well. But then keep keep in mind, Dave, like professional public speaker. Right, I mean that's what I've been doing for a living for a long time. So, like, I, I I'm probably just extremely critical of, of of people's delivery on 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 stage.
1: Well, I mean, you'd have to have either Davis or Wilson testifying after their memo went in as record.
8: If you wanted to use the memo at all, yes, you're right.
1: I think Admiral Wilson would only come in and testify. If he was granted immunity.
8: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> sitting in the room? Davis next to him?
1: Okay, that doesn't go over well for our radio audience. Eric Davis. I'm sorry.
8: Please, you speak. I can't right now.
1: Eric Davis sat next to Admiral Wilson.
8: But to me, it's the it's the idea of of us calling be them to to testify and them sitting next to each other in Congress and having to wait until they get questioned and just watching the body language between the two of them became just the funniest scene in my head. Mm-hmm. So I apologize.
1: Avi Loeb would be a good one. Thank you, Philip Blair. Yeah,
8: yeah, yeah. He would. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: You could even have members of the uh, Board of Directors for the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. Tom Whitmore from, from MUFON. Bring out Tom Whitmore from MUFON.
8: Actually, Tom would do well, I think. I think Tom, Tom would, would
1: do well. very well. I really
8: do. I think Tom would do well.
1: Nicole um, wants Kit Green and Ron Pandolfi. <laughs> Radio buddy.
8: I'm sorry, man. I okay. All I can say to people is do your own research. <laughs> I want the Delphi and eventually you'll find this as funny as I do. It's all I can say. Yeah. Some look, there's a lot of personalities in this world. And, um, and, uh, you know, when someone does, you know, yeah, it's just, it's challenging. And that's the thing is everyone's, everyone's got stories. Everyone's got, everyone's got challenges. Um, that's why I think like when, when we saw a video of, like, of, like, of, of Brennan basically making a statement about the fact that there were things that were unknown, that to me was, was bigger than almost anything else because it, it was someone who wasn't necessarily an experiencer. I guess it could be. But, um, you know, it's... Because it's, the thing is, we, we want... We need people up there that people can relate to, you know? And that, that people, you know, can, that they can relate to. And, and so we have to look at, you know, who's in that audience, you know, who, who are, well, no one's like those Congress critters, but, the, you know, the people at home, right? And, um, you know, Jim Semivan, he, he, yeah, he might, he might, he might be interesting. Jim
1: Semivan yeah. would be bad.
8: Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is that for me, like, it really is, like, I have in my head, like, a list of people who I think could actually present anything well. And then I have a list of people who have information that I would like to see come out in Congress. And that that's, like, that's like two Venn diagrams that really don't seem to meet much at all. I mean, like, in very small places. Yeah.
1: Nicole, the old crusty farts at Lockheed.
8: And oh uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, um uh, Steve Justice would be interesting.
1: Steve Justice former Lockheed executive would be interesting.
8: That very, very Steve, true. I, no, actually Justice Justice I would like to see. That 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 cat, man, that uh yeah. That one bugs me.
1: If somebody says Nick Pope out there, I'm going to pull my hair out. I'm going to pull my hair out. All I know send is... Up, send
8: up Nick Pope and Tucker Carlson.
1: I, I was playing a, you know, my son and I were playing catch today. You know, you got those Velcro pads you put on your hands around and then you throw the tennis ball yeah. at them. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you put that on top of Nick Pope's head, that thing is never coming off. Never coming off, he's wearing that forever with his brillo pad hairdo. Seriously, that velcro hair of yeah. his, there is no way. And and what's he going to say? I mean, can you imagine Nick Pope being in front of Congress?
8: Nick Pope, Tucker Carlson, and Corey Good and David Wilcox. And the, then,
1: this is my Nick uh, Pope impression. Oh um, my goodness. Um um
8: sorry this could be so much fun sorry
1: for a moment but uh i haven't got the latest quote from lou i haven't got the the latest quote from chris mellon so let me just remind you i worked for the dnd in the uk oh, the mod
8: now i'm sorry they're totally right but i just want to point out, uh nicole nicole's uh brings up a really interesting point um because there are records of Battelle employees um, making statements that along the lines of like, it, when they were creating something, when they were working on the creation of something like, um, um, like um, a Titanium or something. And they'll talk about like, what were their insights that they got in the very beginning. And a couple of them that I've seen that I've never been able to actually go out and get qualified, basically said things like, well, my boss brought in this part and he gave it to me. And I just always assumed it was off some Russian or German plane. I didn't know, but that's where I got the idea from, you know, and like those kind of stories would come out. And if, if those stories could be confirmed, having some of those people talk would be really interesting Um, because, you know, if you, if you can start showing a, um, a real uh, path uh, through the DOD from a production manufacturing point of view, um, that would get a lot more senators interested.
1: John, it's been an interesting night with you on the unbiased UFO report. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, we or a couple of nights. Pardon me, we got to get to Shirky Poo's news.
5: What time is it?
2: It's time for Shirky Poo's news.
1: Oh yeah, Shirky Poo has us all up to date here. A man disguised as an elderly woman in a wheelchair smeared cake across a piece of glass that protects the Mona Lisa at Paris' famous Louvre Museum and then was immediately sent for psychiatric evaluation. The incident happened this past weekend when the man who wore a black wig and lipstick abruptly smeared the glass with cake. One witness said in a tweet, the man jumped out of the wheelchair and attempted to smash the bulletproof glass of the Mona Lisa before smearing cake on it. What a waste of cake. Who does this? Oh, I can't smash it, so I'm going to smear cake on it. Thank goodness the 36-year-old was arrested pretty quick. Oh, by the way, he smeared cake over it because it was a stunt to protest climate change. Yeah, you're going to improve the climate by smearing cake on the Mona Lisa. Have fun in jail. Well, Lego and their world-famous blocks may be annoying to anyone who steps on one. Toy company has irked a new group, PETA. Yes, this is where we all roll our eyes at PETA once again, as they are taking aim at Lego, More specifically, it's farmyard sets and toys for misleading children about the horror and cruelty of farmed food. The group fired off a letter to the Dutch company after Guardian journalist and environmental campaigner George Monbois attacked the cozy story, told the children about farms. He wrote, as young children, we are constantly exposed to benign visions of the livestock farm, which bear no return. Relation to reality. The only farms most children are likely to visit are petting farms and play farms, which reinforce their cozy story. Yeah, so Lego is now a target of PETA because they have farm sets. PETA needs to get a life, honestly. You know, they, their smack talk is horrible. I would like to know who is on their PR department. Because they need to be fired. Step into my office. You're fired. Your ideas are horrible. Lego, come on. A Chicago news crew got quite the scare during a live segment about gun violence when a man was caught on camera pointing a gun at them. Police are still looking for the suspect after a man walked behind Fox 23 reporter Joni Lum and her camera crew and appeared to pull out what looked to be a small handgun while they were live on air. The suspect then walked down the street, still holding the apparent firearm. The gun was one foot from her head as he pointed at the camera or the cameraman, tweeted the Fox reporter and Anita Padilla. She is understandably shaken. Thank God she's okay. That could have been ugly. And finally tonight, remember that woman we told you about a few months ago? She was making five grand a day for selling her farts? Yeah, the model is now selling her underboob sweat. You can't make this up, people. She is making up to five thousand dollars per day on her OnlyFans, Steph Motto from Connecticut for selling her under-boob sweat. Talk about an entrepreneur. Horrible. That is your Shirky poo's news. I don't even know where it comes from. My goodness. I got a lot of sweaty places. Who'd like some toe jam for $5,000 a day? We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with little brothers watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone on our channels. YouTube, LGAP, Twitch, Facebook, Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. I
6: know you're out there.
4: So.
1: Remember, this show is copyrighted by Space Town Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're
0: watching.
1: We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home.